Hey, everybody. Well, we're there. We have arrived at the uh, final destination, and it's the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, I'm going to say it first, right? All, all the pundits are going to say it, and you're going to hear somebody in MLB. won't They won't say it, but everybody else will. If a World Series happens and nobody watches, does it actually happen? Um, the the ratings are going to be terrible. I think it's going to be a great series. I really do. I think it's going to be a really good series. A lot of good storylines. I think you're going to see a couple of players get national exposure. That people are going to see how good, young, talented the Rangers are. Corbin Carroll is going to uh, get a national stage, which he certainly, certainly, baseball is going to be better for it. Uh, I think Brandon Fat's going to continue doing some special stuff. Um, and I, I, I think it's gonna. I, I'll, I'll. I haven't actually even thought of my prediction. Honest to God, I, I, I was thinking that there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, but uh, I, I don't think anybody. Well, no, nobody saw this coming. Nobody saw Houston comes back, and 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 gets on the verge of going in, and then Texas wins the final two, to to go in. Nobody, nobody saw that saw that coming, and then. Billy goes home up three, two in the hardest environment in baseball to win in and loses twice. And I should say Arizona wins twice. Cause I think it was far more Arizona winning than, than Philadelphia losing, but um, two teams, two teams that uh, have earned the right to be here. And I always say this, I, I, and you can, as a fan, you can bitch and moan and argue the two best teams play in the world series every year. Not, not statistically, because um, you can go back and look at a million different situations where the better team statistically wasn't in the World Series, but that's not how October works. The two best teams in October get there and they're there. Uh, and I'm going to start in the ALCS, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to start with this, Bill and John. I went back and watched. Well, the first thing I did was I I I uh, I because I I re- vaguely remember watching it, but when Garcia gets hit by Abreu. In game five, I went back and looked and I stopped it. I, I couldn't remember the situation, but I stopped the video before the pitch and took in the surroundings. It was four to two. The Astros were trailing four to two. I want to say he hit, yeah, Garcia hit the home run in the sixth and did the whole bat flip, act like an idiot kind of thing that we now know happens all the time. But it's now the eighth inning. And it's four to two. Garcia's coming back up. The Astros are pitching. They're down two. It's the bottom of the eighth. Nobody out. He's the leadoff hitter. So from a uh, from a statistical perspective, from a circumstance perspective, I look at this and say, there's absolutely unequivocally no way you would intentionally hit the leadoff hitter in this situation, especially with your offense, right? You're Houston's offense. You're in a, in a, a, a situation to win. Um, all things go with that. There's no way you hit this guy. Um, and then I watched the pitch, and I have come to the conclusion there's absolutely unequivocally a 1 million percent chance that it was 100% on purpose. 100%. No chance it was an accident. He might have been trying to come up and in, but you can watch the release and you can watch the ball flight. There's not a chance in hell that it wasn't 100% on purpose. Anybody saying different is lying. All right. I did the job long enough to know what it looks like. And that's what it looks like. That pitch never had a chance of not hitting him. Okay. So then I, my first 
reaction would have been, I would have loved to have seen Dusty's face uh, immediately after the pitch. Because I don't think Dusty, and Dusty's an old school manager, but I don't think Dusty by any stretch went up and said, hey, dude, knock him on his ass. Um, I also, but I won't rule out that that somebody might have said, hey, or Dusty, one of the coaches might say, hey, listen, if you get the opportunity, why not? I mean, he's being an idiot. Blah. I don't think that happened. Um, and I don't think Dusty did it. But I 100% guarantee you, without a doubt, in my mind, in any capacity, that was 100% on purpose. And basically what you did was you hit and created the series MVP. This guy is a special talent. His story is like a lot of Cuban players. It's an absolutely fascinating. I don't know. Bill, have you, you know his story? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He went, yeah. He went to Japan, had to give all of his earnings in Japan back to the Cuban government it's unbelievable it's a it's a story played over hundreds if not a couple thousand times by cuban players everywhere what they have to do to come here is amazing um the showboat stuff that he does you know what uh tough you guys as players you've accepted it you've allowed it to happen you've fostered it you've you've nurtured it. now listen the astros don't do it i mean there's a good uh video showing altuve homering and garcia homering and the difference in their home run trots and all the things that go with that but hey this is your modern baseball this is what you guys wanted um you know as players you police yourself listen and and, and i agree i would have issue with the way garcia celebrated is if i'm pitching and he hits it off me i, I never had for the most part, but that was just ridiculous. However, having said that, you play them 13 times next. You have every opportunity. You could hit him every at-bat next season. You don't do it in October. There's just too many variables. And uh, basically, the series turned on that hit by pitch, and it didn't turn the way um, Maldonado said it was. Quote, the worst thing he did was wake up the Houston Astros. Well, he did the exact opposite. You woke him up, and he made you pay. Um, you know, some might ask, you know, why do they keep pitching to him? Well, you keep pitching to him because he's a guy with holes. He's a guy you identified in your pre pre series scouting report as listen, we have to execute and make pitches to these spots. And I'm going to go back to this point, uh, later on, but when you have a pitching staff, especially when you have a bullpen of throwers and guys that can't command fastballs, these guys, they're breaking pitches or most of them are just filthy. Uh, they have slider. I only ever dreamed of having very few of them have fastball command. They cannot manipulate the ball inside the strike zone to the point where you can execute kind of a sabermetrically driven defensive report. And we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Scherzer, um, uh, you know, uh, they won the game, but he, he, what do you go a total of five and a third and two starts bill five and a third. Yeah. Um, You know, he's showing rust. So, a lot of people say that some of the some of the things he did in the prior preseason or prior postseasons, you know, the neck and the the tired arm and bowing out and all this other stuff. A lot of people say, you know, the, their defense of well, he knows he was doing what was best for the team. Well, him starting is not best for the team right now. And and if he was that that I think in Adam Selvis guy, he'd say, listen. I'm struggling from a starting perspective. You know, I can give you innings out of the pen because that's a completely different mindset. Um, I don't know that he's – you can't not have him available if he's healthy. But I, I don't wonder if you don't move him into the long man role, excuse me, and say, hey, listen, you know, have him as Montgomery's backup 
instead of vice versa. Montgomery, in my mind, is your is your hey, give him the ball game one, give him the ball game seven. You you have Scherzer coming in behind him, right? Because that's a different mentality. You can find some different motivations there as a pitcher. Um, but and I expect, you know what, he's got two starts under his belt. They'll give him the start in game three or whatever game he gets. And he'll probably end up being much sharper, better, but that's not a sure thing. Um, but but Montgomery is the guy. Montgomery, and and just so you know, so the twenty Monday was the twenty third, and Monday he came in and threw two uh, two strong innings. What where you go two and a third? Yeah, two and a third. Two and a third. That's following, by the way, uh, a, a start two days earlier. Was it two days earlier or three two, days? Yeah, earlier? two. Two, two days, days earlier, early. yeah, he starts and does the things he does. He's clearly just everything they thought he was going to be. Um, uh, two days rest, three days earlier. Right, but, right. Yes, so two, but yeah. he's he's coming out of the pen on three day, two days rest after a start. Correct. Now, it's not the same thing in the as in the old days in the sense that you got a guy Randy Johnson going seven on Saturday night and then coming in relief on Sunday. You're going five and a third, you know, whatever. That, those are still uh, high, high stress, high leverage situations. Every every inning in in the postseason is, so that's a push. They they pushed him a little bit. Now they only have four days off between Monday and Friday, which is Game One. I'm not so sure that they don't uh, go ahead and bring him in uh, to start Friday because I, I I unless the accumulation they want to give him another day, but you want to start obviously you want to start a game uh, any series off with a win. And he's their best chance as a starter. He's been phenomenal. And uh, I'm very happy for him. Very happy to see him uh, coming into his own. Um, I talked about managing a lot, Bill, in the in the Arizona-Philadelphia series. I think there was some overmanaging and some other stuff that happened. But there are two numbers um, that jumped out at me. And I... I let me let me be very clear. I never played for Bochi. I never played for Baker. I absolutely revere and respect both of them as baseball lifers. Bruce Bochi is uh, six and zero, oh, by the way, um, in game sevens as a manager. Now you say the players have to play right, but the manager is part of that in in a sense. He has had thirteen times that he's managed a winner go home game that he's won. That's not a coincidence. And that goes back to one of the things I think everybody was hitting on was, was coming in uh, with them down three, two, everybody's talking about Bochy's demeanor. Bochy's demeanor is who he is. I mean, granted, he has the largest head of any human to ever wear a baseball hat, but there's a lot of brains in there. He is a calm. I, I love him. I loved him. I played for him in an all-star game. I loved everything about Bruce Bochy uh, and the calm demeanor he has uh absolutely very much like terry francona their demeanor players don't ever get overworked psychologically under bruce they won't they can't because he doesn't uh and he's like you know when you manage for you know 117 years like he has you've been everywhere you've seen everything so you have your players can look at you and say oh okay he's been here and done that from a player's perspective and management and and there's not a situation he hasn't managed in so when he's calm, everybody else is calm. When he's walking, you know, around and talking about, and and I think I might have made this point before, Bill, but but I thought the turning point in in two thousand four, when we were down three zero, 
uh, to the New York Yankees. The turning point for me psychologically was flipping on the in-house TV and watching Terry Francona start his interview. And somebody said, well, you know, what are you going to do? And he said, what do you mean? We're going to show up tomorrow. We're going to play our asses off. Totally calm as if, yeah, of course, this is how we're going to do it. And, and it just conveyed this sense of, oh my God, it really is that that easy. And so we just have to show up and play better tomorrow. And I think Bochy brings a lot of that. Well, um, and I, on the when, in, in game seven, when he went out to take Scherzer out after two and a third, I expected histrionics. He just kind of looked at him and put his hand out and Scherzer just handed him the ball and walked away. And it right. was, like you right. said, the calmest thing in the world. Right. Bruce all decided right. that it's all over. Right. Here we are. Give me the ball. We're fine. Next yeah. guy, whatever. That, that. You don't do that. And and, and you can watch Lavello and you can watch Thompson um and Dusty. He Dusty's kind of calm too, but but Boach has another level of calm to him. And I think it's uh you know who else is is for the most part that way is is Bob Melvin. The 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 calm demeanor thing. And and it's it's a huge thing, especially in October. And I thought Boach had it. On the flip side, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, correct me, Bill. Dusty's never won a game seven. No, he right. never has. Yeah. And I think you can go back and look at different situations and that I don't know if you can lay it on him. Cause like I've always said, the player's got to play. I think it, it wasn't it Russ Ortiz. He took out and told him to keep the game ball. And, yeah. and that was game seven against the angels. Right. Uh -huh. that was, that, yeah. Um, but Dusty's a guy who, uh, if you talk to players that played for him, for the most part, I haven't talked to anybody that doesn't. They, he, he's, he's, he's reveled in circles. He's, he's revered. He's admired. Everybody that plays for him loves him. I always thought he was a cool dude. I loved him, man. He was just old school with his toothpick. Um, but there are certain times in a winter go home game uh, when you have to do some things, and you have to, you have to manage. I think in October, there's more of a gut to managing October than there is in the regular season because everything's magnified and it's not just in your head. It's in everybody. It, people magnifying situations like that. Um, that's not just them. Everybody's, everybody's magnifying situations. Some guys relax, some guys breathe harder. Um, he's he's been in the big thing. leagues for 45 years. He yeah. He started when he was 19. Right, right. So, yeah, so he's got, what, 29? He was 29. Uh, yeah, so 45 years ago. Wow. Yeah. I mean. I, yeah. Yeah. Silver Slugger twice, World yep. Series once with the Dodgers. Yep. He's, he's definitely going to the Hall yeah. of Fame. No, he's a Hall of Famer, and he should be. He, he's a guy. Who, Dusty's a baseball lifer, by the way. D Dusty will never leave the game, I don't think. He may go fishing for a while. But he'll be back advising somebody. So I think he, I don't know. It, listen, here's the thing. It, you know, you wonder sometimes why guys will retire at the peak or whatever. They retire because it's so damn hard. The offseason is so hard. There's no rest, no break, nothing, none of that stuff. For a 74-year-old man, a Major League Baseball schedule is incredibly challenging. Incredibly challenging. It The wear and tear is real. You know, you play over 200 games in less than 220 some days, um, counting spring training. It's it's hard on a, on a 74. It's hard on a 54 year old man. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he walked away. But I also 
knowing him, he's got a team that he can be right back here next year. So maybe he doesn't walk away from that. Um, and then, I mean, my God. So uh, we're doing this the day after uh, game seven uh, in Arizona or in Philadelphia. And they were 125 to one odds to make the series. They had a uh, minus 15 run differential during the season. They only won 84 games. They, the bigger bet to me, the biggest bet in all was, can you, I don't know what the odds were for Arizona going to Philadelphia down three, two, but I don't think they were, they were probably really sexy. If you were betting on Arizona, um, nobody, nobody, I don't think anybody except the diamondbacks was saw this coming. Philadelphia has been a nightmare for visiting teams. I didn't expect it to be any less loud and it wasn't, it was thundering. Um, Six and zero oh in this year's playoffs at home. And a, and a, and a postseason record in that ballpark. That's I think the best ever for, for over 20 games. Um, but they're three runs second against Nolan game six. Um was the end of the series for Philadelphia. We just didn't know it at the time. Um, but I'm going to talk about game seven a couple times. So let's be real. Brandon fat is, is your, if I need a guy in game seven, he's my guy. He has got, a, he's got baseball IQ. You can tell by the way he pitches that he has a very high baseball IQ because he's a guy, he's one of the few pitchers, that you're seeing in, in in baseball today. And by that, I mean, he understands the strike zone. He understands commanding the strike zone. Excuse me. He understands the game. The game winning run is at the plate in the top of the first. Um, all of the things you want a guy to eventually understand in October, he understands them. And he understood them from his first start. And he has been an enormous revelation, I think, for the Diamondbacks, because I think they were looking at Gallon and Kelly. And yeah, I guess we'll give him the ball and then we'll bullpen a game. Um, my problem with it though, is that Tor Lovello literally couldn't wait to pull him in all three starts. And here's the reason that matters. And it's why I don't think position players as managers understand this, but I can tell you it happens and it's real when I'm on the mound and I'm pitching in a game and I see someone get up in the bullpen. In my mind, it is no oh, crap. You know, I'm 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 close to being done. I need whatever it is. It is stuff that I'm thinking about that has nothing to do with getting the next hitter out. Nothing. And when I go out on the field and there's guys warming up and you know when I'm jogging out the beginning and and guys are up, I'm like, okay, you know what? I have I have no 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 rope to 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 you know I'm going to get hung if I put a guy on. Um, it, it's it's a thing that. Absolutely, I don't know to what degree it interferes or, or or obstructs focus in that situation, but it happens and it's real. And you don't want your starting, you know, they always say you don't want your starting pitcher looking over his shoulder, meaning looking at the bullpen, but that's what happens when you get guys up in the bullpen and the starters on the mound. Relievers, it's totally different. They're situational, blah, blah, blah. But I promise you that there's a heightened sense of um, anxiety, if, if that's the right word, in starting pitchers, when someone gets up in the bullpen, that's why you don't do it. That's why, you know, you, 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 you have guys up and I know in the postseason you have to have your guys get ready 
but there's a psychological piece to being a starting pitcher and knowing guys are up in the pen. And I don't think they, and, and, and I say that because I watched him manage fat in the three starts and it was clear to me that his entire MO was, I need him to get me as far as he can, but as soon as he gets in trouble, he's out. And I don't know their bullpen answered the bell, which made that possible. But, you know, I always look at it like I look at a bullpen game built in a, in a, in a, uh, in a normal start. I need one guy to be on. And then I can bring my relievers in. When I run seven pitchers out there, I need all seven of them to be on. And I know it's only for an inning, inning and two thirds or two hitters, but that you, you, I think the odds are much more in favor of the one guy than the seven. Um, and sabermetrics came into play in, in many, many ways for the pitching changes in Arizona and all things that go with that. Um, but also, if you remember, Bill, the uh, the RBI single that Corbin Carroll hit up the middle to the right side of second base. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you watch it, first of all, it was a great at bat. But secondly, if you watch the at bat, it was the first, not the, I'm sure it wasn't the first, but it was the first visually uh, confirming uh, result that showed the, what the rule changes have changed. Because that ball is caught by the shortstop on a shift. Nine times out of 10, that's right where he's playing. He's to the right side of second base, and the second baseman is deep in right field. The problem is that they were sabermetrically defending Corbin Carroll, right? Their spray charts say this is where he hits the ball majority of the time, blah, 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 blah. The problem is that for Corbin Carroll to hit the ball into that defense, you have to pitch him a certain way, right? You have to pitch, you have to throw the ball in close, hard, cutters in, sliders in, soft stuff middle. Uh, because you want him pulling the ball hard to the right side, which he does most of the time. The pitch you can't throw in that situation, in my opinion, is a fastball away strike. Because that's the pitch. If he's if a guy that's a true pull guy, which he is, he's going to reach out and hit that ball. He can't. He's not a. He doesn't have the long reach. He's got that. That's a ball that goes back up the middle. You're not defending that ball up the middle. You're defending the ball to the right side. You can't sabermetrically defend a player with a pitcher who doesn't have fastball command on the mound. You can't do it. And and you're seeing uh, some of that happen, and that that was a great example. And then I'll go, if you go back and watch the last pitch of the game, the last pitch of the game was a backdoor slider that floated right back over the middle and should have been hit 17 miles. Now, power stuff gets away with more. And then uh, the other one, to me, the big one was, Two on, two out. Bryce Harper gets a pitch that he should have destroyed. And he knows he should have. He just missed it. Um, but the lack of command is is one of those things. that It was one of the reasons why I thought the Phillies still had a chance. Because a lot of the guys in the Arizona bullpen are, are real hard throwers as opposed to being pitchers. And, you know, again, it's within the context of being a big league pitcher. So they're still awesome and still amazingly talented. But when the focus is on velocity over location, uh, you're going to see some different moments. You're going to, you know, I, my bet is you'll see one, if not two incidents of a late inning potential walk off ninth inning home run event because of the, the, the fact that there are far more throwers than pitchers in this series from the bullpen perspective. Um And Lavello now has the four guys that he wants lined up on the back end. 
in the old two day, traditional what, two sense. Days rest. They get two Wednesday, Thursday, two days rest. Exactly. So everybody's in the bullpen is going to be fresh, as fresh as you can be in October. Um, and pay close attention, though, because in the postseason, especially, how does it go? One, two, off, three, four, five, off, six, seven? Correct. Okay. You kind of have – you. You can't look to tomorrow, right? You can't make pitching changes thinking, oh, God, I want him available tomorrow, right? October's all about the game in front of you. But pay attention to how the bullpens get used early in the series because both these guys are are, are, are running to their bullpen in the sixth inning as quickly as they can, um, even though I don't know that that's their panacea. Uh, that's not their their, uh, their their right move. They're both very active uh, and, and managing their bullpens. I believe Lavello said before game six, he goes, all I need is to get to 12 outs left. And I know who's coming in and this, and my three guys can get 12 outs. That's such a dangerous approach. It is. Because here's the thing. That's a mindset you take into all seven games. If you play seven. So are you telling me you're planning on your bullpen to get 84 outs? In a seven-game series, because I don't know that any of his starters, his best starter, you know, his best starter in the postseason, he he almost was like the the what, what's when they used to use the hook to pull a guy off stage in a play, yeah. like he couldn't wait. That's why they call it the hook, by the way. They couldn't he couldn't wait to give him the hook, and you know, like I said, as a pitcher, I know, and Brett Strom is a tremendous pitching coach. Um, I had, I actually was on, I had a Strami when I was in uh, AAA with Houston for a little bit. I uh, love the guy. Great guy. Had a tremendous career as a pitching coach. I know that Brent knows that when his, you don't want your pitchers doing anything but thinking about the hitter. And when they're thinking about, oh my God, I, I only have one. You just, you can't do that. You can, and they've done it and they're in the world series. But the fact of the matter is, I don't think it's conducive to getting the most out of your, out of your team. Um, in the last two games, Schwarber, Turner, Harper, and Castellano, uh, Schwarber, Turner, and Harper went one for 20 with four walks and seven punch outs. Uh, Castellano was over his last 22. Turner was over his last 13. I don't credit that to them failing far uh, nearly as much as I do to uh, Arizona executing. I didn't see it coming. I got to tell you, I really didn't. I, I thought for sure Philly would find a way. Um, but we're seeing something that that's unique. Another rules impact. Um, Arizona had 166 stolen bases this year. Um, and they stole four in game six and game seven. And it it it's one of those, you know, Bill, you and I were talking about, you know, do they pitch to Carroll, pitch around Carroll, blah, blah, blah. But I got to tell you, the um, the way that that, that Philadelphia Riamuto wasn't throwing Carroll out. So so if you're going to put Carroll on, he's on second, and you're a wild pitch from him being on third, and you're an error away from him scoring. Arizona introducing the running game to the extent they have in the postseason is very unique, because if you look at the arguments prior to to you know Moneyball. The, the sabermetrically driven managers and teams hated, despised giving away outs on the base path, especially caught stealing. Um, you know, Harold Reynolds wouldn't 
be running half as much today as he did when he played, given how many times he was thrown out. By the way, um, just to know that little sound you might hear in the background, that's one of my baby goats who's outside the door. Very unhappy. Cece is very unhappy that I won't let her in the studio. Um, uh, let me add this to that. And Bill, you made note of this. Uh, Corbin Carroll, 23. Gabrielle Moreno, 23. Alex Thomas, 23. Gabrielle uh, or uh, um, Brandon Fott, 25. Dimebacks are young. I think like the Orioles, they're a year ahead of where they thought they might be. They're a year where they a year ahead of where they hoped to be. Um, but they're a team that clearly believes in themselves. Clearly, the team that clearly has confidence, uh, and it makes I think that makes good. I'm it's, I I like seeing Arizona. I was torn in that series because I played for both fan bases in October. They were both amazing. Um, and so I, you know, I kind of wanted to see Philly win since they were at home and all the things that go with that. But I'm sure the Philadelphia police were ecstatic that it didn't end that way um, because they didn't have to deal with the things they had to deal with. Um, this is it, it's I'm 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 glad you put this in here, Bill or John, uh, either whoever. Yeah, I think you did the notes initially, Bill. But I'm glad you put this in here because you have uh, Texas has home field advantage. Game one is Friday in October. Home field advantage is your starting pitcher if you have that guy doesn't matter what field you're pitching in if brandon fat's going you have home field advantage right the the, the starting pitcher uh, uh, denotes home field advantage in october if he's that good right max scherzer isn't home field advantage you don't know could be um and if you look across it to me the two guys in this in this series that say okay we have home field advantage are uh, Fott and, and Montgomery. Uh, and, and it's not a large sample size, but I think both of them have, I, I, I think Brandon Fott, uh, he's the guy that if I'm Arizona, I'm angling to make sure that if we have a game seven, he's got the ball. Um, and uh, if you're Arizona, you're, you're feeling pretty well, both teams, right? You've got gallon Kelly fat, bullpen that's your first four games which again the bullpen thing i think is an absolute insanity uh, especially on the heels of so if you look at it you know you're hoping to get seven on a gallon and kelly and you probably you can uh although we'll talk about texas lineup but the, here's the thing bill when you go when you send brandon fat out there and you're waiting to give him the hook and the following game is the next day and it's a bullpen game how do you manage that you, you, okay, listen, I need to get fat out of here. He's got four and a third. I, I need to get four and two thirds innings out of my bullpen, but I'm also going to the bullpen for nine innings tomorrow. You know, that, that is uh, to me. Um, and I really think that he should back away from the, the tightrope that he's got fought walking because I think it would change his mentality uh, immensely. Um, Texas is, it, I mean, Texas is set up as well. Uh, um Montgomery, Valdi, and then Scherzer. Uh, I I, th I don't think there's any way you you have to give Scherzer the ball unless you're going to go to to bullpen games, um, because Haney went what two and a third or two thirds. Yeah, he went three earned runs, and then Mark yeah. Perez is out there. So I think you have to go Montgomery, Valdi, Scherzer, which is how if you were going to line it up, you would have lined it up. Um, and then I don't know. You're looking at bullpen games, right? I mean, uh, Martin so Perez is one of those guys, though. He, he's been around forever. He, right. He could easily come out and give you four or five. 
I, I, I just laugh. I know you're saying that in, in full honesty and, but I laugh when I hear that comment, Oh, he could, he could definitely go out there and give you a solid four innings. It's like, really? I mean, <laughs> but that's where we're at. That's where we're right. at. And I'm, I'm not kicking kids off my lawn. I just, it's where we're at. Um, both bullpens have been good. Um, you know, watch Chapman in a situation. I, I think, I think if you see Chapman in the series, you're going to see him with a clean inning in the sense that he's not going to be brought in in the middle of an inning with his command. Um, but Spores is pitched well. Right, right. They're both bullpens are throwing well. And, and you know, for the most part, you know, it, it's a new series. And it's, a you know, it, you're in the World Series now. And so, like I said, I, I've won and lost World Series. I've been on teams that have won both, done both. And, it's just a different feel. I mean, there's disappointment if you lose the World Series, but it's not like anything else because you're there. Um, and then you've got uh, Carol, who, uh, again, the world's going to see a very special player uh, in a very small container. Um, and by the way, I, I, I find it hard to believe that this has kind of gone under. It hasn't really gone under the radar, but it's something that not a lot of people have talked about. Kendall Marte has never played in a postseason game and not gotten a hit. Um, if he gets a hit in his next game, he ties the all-time record uh, for 17 consecutive postseason games with a hit. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how if Lavello manages, overmanages, uh, because I don't think he has the ability to undermanage. Uh, I think he has the ability to manage and potentially overmanage. And And again, that's a slight criticism in the context they're in the world series. So he's clearly done a whole lot of things, right. Um, but you'll see little things and, and small decisions in June that are monumental in October, uh, hitting a guy that showed off on a home run, uh, turn again, change the series. So, uh, and just talking about the Texas lineup. I mean, we said it in the series, they're deep, they're powerful and they're young and it's top to bottom. It's a relentless lineup. It'll be very interesting to see how gallon navigates or tries to navigate this first time through. Um, but it's going to be, I think, I think, I think it's going to be a very, very good series. And. Uh, well, it's the best lineup that the diamondbacks have faced in the playoffs. It's better than the brewers. It's better than the Dodgers. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's better than the Phillies. It's deeper than the Phillies. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, the Braves uh, are were the one team in baseball that that had a lineup that was probably Braves and the Dodgers, maybe. Um, maybe Dodgers. But that, but Texas is. Uh, it wasn't this way the whole year, and and by that I mean, like you weren't looking at them launching at the beginning of the season, saying, "Oh my God, one to nine, these guys are insane," but. But now you're looking at them going, oh, my goodness, these guys are insane, one to nine. Um, and, you know, then the managers. And and like I said, uh, you know, I, the commentary I give you about Lavallo is is all um, got to take it in context. My my criticisms are uh, minutia in some cases because they're in the World Series. So he's pulled a lot of right buttons. And pushed a lot of right buttons and but ultimately both of these managers are here because their players have played their players have responded 
to the roles and the jobs and the assignments their managers have given them. Um, and uh, I got I'm gonna think here for a second, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pro if if I'm looking at it on the face before deep thinking, I'm gonna say uh, Texas four to two uh in six uh or four to three and seven i think um i'm not sure that arizona can keep up with them um over a seven game series i won't be stunned either way there's no upset here i don't think um i i'm not sure what the betting odds are but i'm probably going to guess that texas is the favorite texas is favored but not a huge number. Right, right, right. Either one winning is not going to stun somebody. Correct. I would like to see either one winning in a way that stuns everybody. Um, you know, I'd love to see a seven game bottom of the ninth walk off kind of thing. And it would be very cool if it was Arizona that did that again. Uh, but it won't be because they'll be in Texas. Um, but I'm thinking four, two, I, I would, I'll, I'll tell you what would shock me a four Oh series. I would be stunned if either yeah. one of these teams just went 4-0. I don't, you know, I think you're going to see Corbin Carroll become who everybody thought he was nationally. Um, and then uh, I'd like to see Zach Gallon take that final step into ace hood. Uh, and that final step is you're getting the ball game one. You're going to give me eight innings of 12 punch out one hit baseball because you're an ace in October too. Um, I really honestly think, uh, if everybody gets two starts out of the guys we've talked about, that Brandon Fatt will be the guy at the end. You'll be looking at his numbers going, wow. The value that he's given himself and increased in himself over this postseason is going to end up being astronomical. Um, but I'm going to say Texas 4-2. Uh, you know, fallback would be Texas 4-3-7. and seven. Uh, And I think it's going to be because of the Ranger offense. But I'm also going to tell you, I think there's going to be at least one game that Arizona will lose because of due to being overmanaged. I think this is where that comes in. This is where, you know, this is uh, uh, the, the it's the opposite decision. But if you remember Bill Buckner being in the ninth inning of the world series and uh, Morgan said he was in there because I wanted him to be on the field to celebrate this after his long career. Well, you got to win the game first. And, you know, now it's the other way. Guys are overmanaging because they're afraid of, oh, if I give them one more hitter, blah, blah, blah. So so I got Texas 4-2, 4-3 possibly, but Texas winning. And I think it's going to be a very, very good World Series. So we're going to check back in. Uh, Tuesday. Okay. Huh? Yeah, we'll, we'll check back in after game two. Right. On Tuesday of next week. Yep. Um, and then, you know, depending on on how it goes we may jump in the middle of the series for a, a quick hit yeah um i i i think we ha i know we have the capability to do that the guys at outkick um uh are are certainly wanting uh coverage i'm, I'm probably will see the outkick daily show at some point um I, I love going on with those guys and talking but uh we'll you'll hear from us if not before uh you'll hear from us after game two on tuesday and we should have a good idea of where we are. I'm saying we'll be at 1-1. I'm saying that Montgomery wins game one in a pitcher's duel and that Kelly uh, uh, and Evaldi get into hook horns and, and uh, Arizona gets game two and we go into Brandon Fat again, game three in a 1-1 series. So have a great weekend, guys. Look forward to watching this and uh, we'll catch up with you guys on Tuesday.